All right, everyone. This is DeFi Alpha. Um, excited to kick off our Friday community AMA. We already have a nice little turnout and expect more people will be hopping on over the next few minutes, but might as well start getting into it. Um, some exciting news today for this AMA. We're going to be joined uh, by our Chief Technology Officer, Prepop, as well as Mr. Grumpy Pants, our community mod. Um, so we're going to have a nice... Uh, you know, update on progress from Prepop on the the product development for the vaults. Um, things are going really well, and I thought it would, you know we all thought it would be best if uh, you guys heard directly from him, who's uh, helping lead the tech side of that development. Uh, and Grumpy will also share some really cool stuff going on with the community. But before we get into that, let me just share you with you guys some some general updates. Um, I think as you all. No, you know, things are a little bit quiet on sort of the marketing and business development side right now because, you know, our devs and our product strategists are heads down on building the V2 GLP vaults. Um, and, you know, of course, as we get closer to launch with those, uh, you can expect to see, you know, more and more materials um, going public. Uh, explaining the details of the strategy, sharing data from our back testing and, and modeling of the vault strategy, um, and you know, I think I think there'll be a lot of of exciting news, you know, in in October and November around the vault. But um, for now, you know, we're, we're trying to keep it relatively quiet. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot going on behind the scenes. So I'll, I'll share some some exciting updates from this week. Um, just sort of. You know some some interesting partnerships and some um, you know some new public facing material that we've we've pushed, um, and then just a little bit of strategic work going on behind the scenes, and then I'll pass it on to uh, Prepop and Grumpy. So you know for those of you who have been longtime holders, um, you know I think you guys are all you know very aware that you know, we have we have this wonderful staking option for umami you know in the form of either marinated umami or compounded uh, umami but you know that both of those options historically have been illiquid they you know required a one month time lock uh, and you know after you know at the end of the month so the first of each you know, new month there would be an unlock followed by a huge dump because you know inevitably there was a pent up demand for you know, exit liquidity for, for different reasons, sometimes profit taking, sometimes people just, you know, needed to cash out for personal reasons. Um, and so, you know, Grumpy will talk about this more, but we did a pretty comprehensive survey of community members. One thing that definitely came up uh, quite a bit was, you know, wishing that there was some other structure, you know, that didn't involve, you know, a one month time lock and then, you know, this this brief unlock period on the first of the month, you know, which would lead to this price volatility um, every time we did that. So, you know, look, we, in time, we will probably consider, I mean, no promises here, but we might consider um, upgrading the marinate smart contract and migrating over to you know a, a new contract that you know maybe maybe it'll have something more similar to the multiplier point system with gmx where you're incentivized to do long-term staking but there's not um not a time lock element and you know that that could be a good long-term solution to the price volatility but 
um, that obviously would be, you know, a pretty heavy lift. And we're very, very focused right now, you know, particularly on the dev team side with developing the V2 vaults. So what we've done nearer term to provide, you know, a little bit of um, relief for people who, you know, might want to exit a stake Dumami position in the middle of the month, for example, is that, you know, it's important to remember CM Umami is, is a fungible token, right? So we created uh, an Umami, CM Umami LP on Uniswap. Um, you know, feel free to check it out. You can, you know, add the CM Umami token on Uniswap and there is liquidity into Umami, which then, of course, can be swapped for ETH or USDC. Um, I mean, to be clear, you know, we, we expected and, you know, we have indeed seen that there's a bit of a, a spread on, you know, exiting, you know, swapping CM Umami for Umami. Uh, you know, such that if you're you're still better off if you wait until the unlock. Um, one C umami is worth one point zero seven five umami if you try and swap it over the Uniswap LP into umami right now um, because of just your know, natural slippage and a one percent swap fee. You'll probably get something like one point zero four umami or one point zero five. So you know, we definitely encourage. Um, people who are, you know, long-term holders, you can just unlock on the first and, you know, you don't need to sell right away, right? You can just sort of gradually DCA out of the position and that's probably, you know, the best long-term approach. But if for any reason, you know, you need near-term liquidity or you have some thesis that the market's going to drop and you want to exit some positions, this um, LP does exist. Um, on the flip side, you know, if you have if you if you're interested in being a liquidity provider, it's not a bad way to accumulate CM Umami at a discount, right? If you if you choose to provide, provide Umami liquidity, so I encourage you guys to check that out. There is uh, an announcement from Stephen, um, our our liquidity and market strategist, in our Discord under the main announcements channel with the appropriate links. So I encourage that. Um, another really interesting development that you know occurred this week is that. Our partner, Vendor Finance, which is a LendBorrow protocol, created LendBorrow utility for CM Umami. So this is another way to get liquidity um, from your CM Umami that doesn't require that you swap it away uh, at a discount. You can, you know, th these are permissionless pools. So it, right now, no one has, you know, provided, you know, a large DAI or USDC or ETH uh, lending pool that you know is collateralized by cm umami i know some whales are interested in that um the treasury our treasury is looking into doing that as well um it could be a way just to put some stable coins on our treasury balance sheet to work and you know of course if anyone does not repay the loan then we would collect the uh, cm umami back to the treasury so you know we're happy to do that um ourselves as well but you know Definitely worth checking out. I think that, you know, between the CM Umami, Umami LP that we've set up and the Lend Borrow, you know, at least the, the functionality for CM Umami Lend Borrow on these permissionless vendor finance pools, it's really enhancing CM Umami liquidity for the ecosystem. So we're very excited about that. Um, just a couple other, you know, actually quite significant updates um, for those of you who don't know. You know, we've been really focused on transparency as a theme. We're very much gearing up internally to um, to launch, you know, a pretty aggressive go-to-market strategy for institutional capital once the V2 vaults are launched. 
Um, and in that spirit, we've gone live with an Umami Labs website. It's umamilabs, one word, dot I-O. Uh, this is another, um, you, you can see an announcement about this as well in our Discord's announcement channel. And, you know, this, the, the idea here is, as most of you guys know, Umami Labs is the U.S.-based corporate entity. The team is employed by Umami Labs and provides, you know, a whole variety of professional services to the DAO. And, you know, almost everyone on Umami Labs is docs. So, you know, by creating this website, it's a chance for, you know, people who are getting to know the project to, you know, learn a lot about the, the team that's leading the project. So we have, you know, doxed identities. We have these sort of, you know, cool headshots, you know, sort of vaguely, they're, you could call them cartoonified um, headshots and, you know, bios about our past professional experience. And again, you know, it, it's certainly cool for the community to check out. The real vision behind this, though, is that, you know, you can imagine an institutional investor doing due diligence on our products. And I mean, the, the difference between, you know, a protocol that has a website with a docs team where you can see their, their bios and their very legitimate professional experience, you know, versus in a non-protocol is, is enormous for an institutional investor. So we, we think that this is a really important shot on goal for this broader strategy of being, you know, maximally transparent and very trustable um, service provider for institutional capital. Um, in that same vein, Umami Labs, again, the corporate entity, not the DAO, Umami Labs, submitted an application to the U.S. Department of the Treasury for uh, a money services business license. So what that will you know do is that, that that's a very important part of our goal of having an entity that has all the required licensure in the U.S. Uh, that it needs to onboard institutional capital and deposit it into our vaults on Arbitrum, you know, without needing a middleman. Now we have some really exciting conversations going on with CFI entities um, who you know will very likely play uh, uh, the role of being a distribution partner for us. So, you know, they might be those middlemen who are helping, you know, uh, helping our products reach the institutional market, but we don't want to have to rely on, on any middleman as a, as a point of failure. And so we're going to have our own entity, Umami Advisors. It's going to have, it's going to be a registered RIA, and it's going to have, you know, through Umami Labs relationship, uh, an MSB license. It all, we already have a Circle account with Umami Labs, which gives us the ability to on-ramp and off-ramp crypto, uh, fiat to crypto and back seamlessly. Um, so we're really excited about this because what, what this allows us to do is to go to institutions that might be very interested in adding crypto to their portfolio, but you know, who say, well, look, we don't know how to manage the regulatory, we don't know how to navigate the regulatory environment, we don't... Um, you know, we don't really understand the technical aspects. We're not comfortable setting up a wallet, um, and we don't know how to do the accounting for this. Well, through Umami Advisors, you can literally just wire, you know, fiat to Umami Advisors. We can hold the tokens in our own custody, which makes the accounting process really easy for the funds. And since Advisors is compliant, the funds don't need to worry about compliance. So we think this is an enormous competitive advantage. And you know, we've when we shipped this announcement, there was some confusion. People, I think people confused Umami Labs with Umami DAO, and they thought that if you know the DAO is getting a money services business license from the Treasury, then the DAO must be becoming uh, CFI, uh, you know, centralized and sort of reliant on regulators for its ability to function. 
And that's not true at all. The labs and DAO are separate entities. DAO benefits hugely from labs, but it doesn't, you know, if, if labs were to lose a license, it wouldn't affect DAO's ability to operate. I wrote a really detailed thread on that. Um, at Intrinsic DeFi is my personal Twitter account. And I've pinned that thread. So rather than getting into it here, just uh, give the thread a read. And I think it'll answer any questions around that. And, you know, on my end, I think that that pretty much covers sort of most of the major points. Um, if any of you guys are going to be out in San Francisco late, well, really sort of early, the week after next. So sort of the 20, the 27th through the 30th, I'm going to be at the Circle Conference Um I'll be meeting with a number of people there and, you know, happy to get in touch with anyone who's out there. Um, maybe the only other, you know, sort of general update that I'll share on my end before passing the mic to Prepop, who uh, I'm going to go ahead and invite to speak while I wrap up, is, you know, we're having really, really exciting conversations with potential advisors for Umami. A lot of people with really, really incredible experience are expressing you know a strong interest in being formal advisors for an umami advisory board we have guys who have launched you know and exited successfully from multiple startups we have folks who had very very senior level positions at extremely well-known asset managers expressing interest uh, people who lead centers at you know very well-known universities so you know what what we're aiming for here it's part of a broader strategy of really importing kind of the very best sort of institutional and market knowledge from all of the industries that we plan on intersecting with so you know one of the most important things you know as i've stressed many times is really being able to bridge the gap between defi and tradfi and you know we're in the process of working with a very experienced individual to do kind of a basic market analysis that narrows down our target market to very specific funds like fun you know ideally we will be at the end of this able to name our top 50 to 100 funds that we think are highly likely to want to deposit with us you know we're, we're narrowing you know from just sort of talking about the institutional market in general to focusing on specific subsets of the institutional market that are by far the most likely to be kind of if not at this point, early adopters, you know, still relatively early adopters of, of DeFi. Um, and then, you know, along with working on that analysis, we're having really exciting conversations with, you know, some of these uh, potential advisors who actually work in the wealth management industry to understand, you know, not just, not just how do we have something that's compliant, right? Because we feel that we've solved for that with the Umami Advisors entity. But, you know, how do we really understand these end users and, you know, what do we need to do to make them comfortable? What are they looking for, you know, beyond just, oh, yeah, here's another product um, that, you know, can potentially get good returns, right? They get pitches like that every day. So, you know, I think that what we're going to see, you know, what's emerging from these discussions is Umami playing more and more of kind of an educational role targeting family offices, macro hedge funds, to some extent, prop shops, you know, but, but, you know, sort of, I would say kind of 25 to $100 million or maybe actually maybe 50 million to $1 billion AUM funds um, and, and helping kind of be their entry point into DeFi as a space, you know, through Umami's products. And, you know, I think that's something we're very well positioned as a team to do with, with our relationships and with our skill set, um, and with the fact that most of us, many of us, 
have worked on both sides, right? Both, you know, very much DeFi native, but also have real experience in contacts and TradFi. Um, so really excited for where we're going. And I think we're going to have more great updates with that. Um, let's get Prepup up here. He's going to have some great updates on our progress with the V2 vaults. If uh, if Prepop's having having some trouble getting up here, I can go ahead and... and yeah, why don't you go... Oh, 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 look, they're just, just in the nick of time. We'll do Prepop and we'll do you. Okay. Thank you very much, Grumpy, for, for yeah. sticking in. Hey, how's it going, everybody? So, yeah, um, thanks for that uh, intro. Uh, DeFi, I really appreciate you, too, like uh, going over all the legal aspects. And, um, you know, th that's something that, that we love having our CLO, Alex G, um, here for to help us navigate. And as you're right, you know, the, there is going to be a lot of change in the next two years uh, with regards to regulation and, and DeFi and, you know, just with the um, press release that the White House released uh, overnight, you can see, right, that that there is an eye uh, in the, on the space. And it's, it's uh, I think, we're taking the best approach, which is to prepare, you know, prepare for what's coming and being on the right side of the regulation uh, from the get-go. Um, and obviously staying agile agile as, as as things are updated. But yeah, I really appreciate um, you know, your breakdowns of that uh on these AMAs. So um yeah, the, the development for the, the for the V2, um, you know, it's uh all hands on deck. Um I had mentioned a bit before too, the the dev team is a lot more involved in the strategy model and back testing phase um than we were in, in V1. And you know it's 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 already paying off uh, great dividends uh, to be this involved. And um, you know we've kind of got a two two front approach where um, we have some resources on you know the solidity and smart contract side, and and then some on the model back testing side. And you know the goal is uh, as we get closer, we're going to be publishing a lot of these results, going into a lot of details, um, and really showing. You know, showing uh, the progress of the strategy and 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 the details behind it, the the, the actual data behind it. So, um, really excited with with how that's been going so far. Um, and and you know, with that too, we're planning a um, kind of a white paper post post mortem of the of the V one strategy, um, where it's going to be. Uh, really informative about you know kind of what what happened in the first in the first version strategy, um, the decisions on on why we decided to to wind that down, and then um, how this new approach in V two uh, addresses all the concerns we had in the original. Uh, so yeah, really excited to to get that uh, pushed out um, as we work on all this um, back testing and modeling and everything. So. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, the development's been, been going well so far. We've got, uh, a front end update too, which is, uh, going to be really big. Um, so it's a complete front end redesign. Uh, this, the, uh, style is a lot more in tune with our, some of our other recent branding changes, um, with the, with the support of, of Edis, Tendino, Great Pixel, um, just fantastic guys, fantastic guys to work with and, um, there'll also be, it was mentioned in the discord too, but there'll also be some great functionality in this new front end for, 
bridging and swapping um, using using um, socket integration, socket API integration, which if you're not familiar is is a bridge and swap aggregator. So it'll find you know the best path, cheapest with gas fees, and um, also tries to consolidate transactions if possible. Um, if you're on mainnet, uh, to give you the you know the lowest swap or or bridge fees possible, and so we're planning on having that embedded into the Umami Finance site um, itself. So um, if you've got funds, it, it could just be you know on any chain, it could just be a one-stop shop to bridge over assets, and you know if you want to purchase Umami there, swap right for Umami, and then um, you know. Uh, stake or or compound right on the site, and then also when we have our, our various products too, just an easier step to get the right assets on the right chain into the vaults, exit that sort of thing. So uh, very excited about the the redesign. And there's also a much bigger emphasis on uh, metrics, uh, so analytics, stats, metrics. So um, There'll be, you know, both for the protocol as a whole, so overall stats on the on the website, but also individual stats of your positions currently, whether it's Umami product, uh, the Umami token products, so staking, marinade, or, or compounding, or the future vaults. And um, I think it's overall a much better experience. We put a lot of thought into um, a lot of these dashboard screens, metrics to display, and we've gotten a lot of feedback over the last few months too um, of, of of it being a very highly desired functionality just to be be able to see everything on the on the website. Um, and so yeah, we've got a lot of great things planned. And uh, you know that's that's a overall summary. I'm I'm definitely going to be around to answer any questions um, that people might have on on any aspect of of uh, our current you know development progress or or technical implementation. And then you know, one final note too, uh, we do have two more uh, Zokio audits that have been completed and will be published next week. And that is the Umami token itself and the Marinate V2 contract. And those will be announced and, and you know compiled in our docs under the safety security section of the docs. And um, uh, yeah, available to to view for everybody when those come out, and um, you know those those are coming back with uh, uh, no critical issues. You know, uh, very great reports, and love working with Zokio. We we will be planning on auditing the V two contracts before launch with Zokio, so we've already got that uh, planned out and, and scheduled with them. So uh, very exciting to get those uh, reports back and, and published soon. Thanks, thanks, Prepop, and thanks, DeFi. I'll I'll just speak to a couple things real quick. Um, so first off, the community feedback form that you guys filled out was really, really awesome and helpful. Um, we're actually probably going to start doing those quarterly uh, to get a sense for everything more often. Um, the two most talked about things were probably the the current UI and then the time lock mechanism. Obviously, most of you guys probably know. Um, like Prepop spoke about the UI, it's going to look so much better and have much more functionality. And then, um, like DeFi said, the uh, time lock mechanism is something we're going to revisit after the V2 vaults. But the um, the CM Umami, Umami LP, and then the vendor vendor integration should do do wonders and help in the meantime before we could take a look at it after the V2 vaults. And then, lastly, the last thing I'll flag is the um, the poker tournament. 
is, is going to be, tom- or not tomorrow, uh, Sunday at 7 p.m. I'll go ahead and post the form one more time in the, uh, in the AMA channel and Discord. And um, everybody will be wagering one Umami token, so it's about 20 bucks right now. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Grumpy. And uh, thank you, Prepop. Those are both really, really great updates. And I think with that, let's open it up to uh, community questions. Just as a reminder, you know, feel free to raise your hand if you are listening to this Twitter spaces and are able to speak. And if you're not able to you know, chat with us through the spaces, we have that AMA questions channel. In our Discord, remember that there's a link to the Discord channel in our recent tweet and in our uh, just at the top of our Twitter profile. So, with that, um, ask away. I do want to uh, touch on Vendor Finance, who set up the permissionless lending pools um, a bit, and I, I noticed they're on the call. Uh, if any one of you guys want to come come up here and give a quick you know, intro to, to vendor finance and the thought process behind it and anything you think the community should know. Uh, definitely would love to have you guys up here. Um, but yeah, it's it's a permissionless lending protocol and it allows some uh, really interesting features. Um, so hello, it is uh, under collateralized and... Yeah. Um, and speaking of which, Prepop, we've just had okay. Alex Taiga hop on. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Do you want to give an go and give an intro to to vendor finance? Yeah. Do you guys hear me well? I'm outside, but I'm I'm trying to do my best here, so it's not too noisy. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Perfect. Yeah. My name is Ty. I'm a co-founder of Vendor. I'm also a lead developer, writing all the smart contracts. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. First of all, uh, I really appreciate a lot of feedback that we got from the Umami community, uh, both positive and negative. So that's fantastic. What we're really trying to do here is we want to empower lenders to lend on their own terms, not what market dictates them, but let lenders dictate their own terms. And also just free up the borrower from the liquidations and let them sort of sleep better and not be worried about being liquidated, which we heard a lot of positive feedback about so far from borrowers. Um, I I will just listen in from from now on, and if anybody has questions about vendor, I'll be happy to answer. Yeah, and actually, this is a good opportunity um, just for sort of a little bit of, of user education of vendor, which, you know, again, we're really, really delighted with uh, the protocol that they've built and, and the use case it brings for CM Umami. Um, Prepop or, or Grumpy, do you guys want to explain, you know, I know that there were just a few kind of questions and, and con- points of confusion that came up from our community about how to set up pools properly do you guys want to sort of explain your understanding of what went down and maybe Taiga can uh help people understand things better sure so i'll give just a general explanation of setting up a pool uh, so that they support two umami tokens right now and and several others um but um, uh, the umami token and cm umami which the cm umami is a really a really interesting collateral choice because you'll um you'll still be able to as a borrower when that is uh, set aside for collateral. You'll still be gaining your compounded rewards while it's while it's under collateral. So you'll still be making interest uh, personally while you have have the loan. And so um, on Vendor Finance, you go to their website, you click on Create Pool, um, and you select the collateral token and the token that you're going to put up uh, as funds to lend out. And there is a um, loan to value ratio (LTV). 
And this is essentially, I mean, all of it is important, right? But it, it's there's a bigger emphasis, um, like he was saying, the um, lenders get to set the terms, right? Like you get to set your own terms on the lending. So you can set your expiration date. So how long that loan is going to last before the borrower has to repay. You can set the loan to value. So that's, uh, you know, that's very important. And there was some confusion behind this too. Um, but it's essentially how much collateral is needed to cover the borrowed loan amount. Um, and so if you're at 50% loan to value, there needs to be double the collateral that the funds lent out um, to cover the loan. And so um, because uh, CMUMAMI does not have a chain link oracle, um, there's a, a checkbox that, that says under collateralized has to be an option in case, um, you know, the price goes under during the, the loan, the course of your loan, and, and it's not fully collateralized due to the volatile collateral price movement. And so with that, you know, there was confusion on, you know, the, the loan of value should be under 100% or else there's no incentive for the borrower to pay back the loans. Um, and I think, you know, we had talked to the vendor guys or handle it super well. And I think they've already made steps to put a warning um, if this case ever takes place. Um, and then you can also choose your interest rate. And that is the annual interest rate. So if you put 10%, um, then whatever you loan out, it will be that that um, annualized percentage for that person, for the duration of the loan, whatever you set uh, for the loan. So if you put... 12 percent APR, and you loan out for one month. You're going to get one percent um, interest due at payback. And so, when the time expires, um, that is when you know the borrower should have repaid the loans. If they haven't re repaid the loans, then of course the collateral is transferred over permissionlessly um, to cover the failure to repay back at the end of the loan. But a very cool tool, and, and a lot of options, and a lot of flexibility. And I'm really excited, um, you know, to use this personally and also open up a lot more liquidity or options people can have for their CMU Mommy, especially while it's still gaining value um, for the duration of the loan. So. Yep. Um, the only thing I would. The, the rate that the borrowers borrow at is actually fixed for them. So no surprises for the borrower as well. Uh, but we also provide the flexibility for the lender to update the fee rate for the pool, but that will only affect the future uh, borrowers. So basically, borrowers are very well protected uh, while, again, giving more flexibility to the lenders. Great. Um, that's really helpful. And, and thank you, Prebop uh, and, and Tiger, for, for helping clarify some of that. I see JD Tiger has a question, so let me, uh, let me pull him up here. Hello. Hey guys, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, so um, very interesting AMA thus far. I, I kind of want to go back to what you were talking about a little bit, DeFi, with um, the advisors that you mentioned. Um, so the the advisors that have already expressed interest in you guys uh, about kind of finding that target market audience of you know assets under management funds, are they also likely to be the connection to these funds, or are mm -hmm. they... Uh, going to fill more of a consultant, just market discover and, and kind of have you guys do that on your own, um, if you could speak to that. That's a great question. I mean, you know, I think that the the nature of how networking 
plays out in practice, right? And how business development connections are made in practice is that, you know, it's always an all hands on deck approach. So, you know, Nick Westlake, you know, will is our business dev lead. You know, he has an enormous amount of contacts and experience, you know, from his past roles. You know, he continues to, you know, also have a role at a uh, major crypto prime dealer, um, you know, that interacts with a ton of, you know, high net worth individuals, prop shops, family offices, and so forth. Um, you know, and I, so I think that his Rolodex alone, you know, gives us pretty strong market penetration. But that being said, you know, I think that, you know, one thing that I've gleaned from, you know, some of my recent conversations with some of these, you know, potential advisors is that, you know, particularly if we're talking about, you know, courting, you know, very large family offices, for example, or, or well-established macro hedge funds that, you know, the quote unquote sales process, if you will, will, will definitely be high touch in that, you know, if these, if these institutions have not made allocations to crypto before or if their only allocations have been on a centralized exchange like coinbase you know it, it is a leap right that we're asking them to make having the umami advisors entity helps enormously uh but there's still there's an education process going on but you know probably on a on a really deep level there's just a trust building process going on so you know within that context i think that having you know two or three really well-respected, you know, really senior level, you know, advisors, you know, who are genuinely, you know, full career in, you know, private wealth management, asset management, um, and so forth will make a huge difference. And yeah, I, I would be, you know, I can't sort of predict the future, but I would fully expect that, you know, if someone is bullish enough on Umami and what we're doing to want to be an advisor and, you know, they have a fantastic Rolodex that that, you know, is something that would work to our advantage. And, you know, again, I think that, you know, the work that Nick is doing in particular, and, you know, really the entire, the entire core team in terms of biz dev outreach is, you know, definitely sufficient to get us to our goals, but having really respected people like that kind of put, add that extra layer of legitimacy and trust will be hugely helpful. That's awesome. Uh, I, I guess the only thing I kind of want to, I want to, get a little bit of an indication, but I feel like I might be a little bit ambitious on this, but are any of these advisory firms already, you know, potential um, investors in Umami or are they interested in acquiring slash obtaining equity in Umami through contract or, or open market purchases? Has that been something that's been talked about at all? You're talking about the token itself, right? Correct. Yes. B before you even talk about vaults yeah. or, or product strategy. In some cases, yes. Um, but just to be clear, so the answer is yes. Um, you know, really though, with with sort of the more crypto native subset of advisors, you know, people who might be you know allocating their own capital, um, or you know, who are working at a prop shop, which of course doesn't have you know the same kind of constraints, um, or a crypto native hedge fund. Um, you know, those are folks. We also have a, we have some major VCs that that hold our our assets as well, that hold Umami as well. Um, that have just market bought. Um, have asked us for OTC deals, but you know we're obviously not doing that right now. Um, but you know, look, what, what I always say is, you know, we just don't. That's not our goal. Like we, the the price. You know, Umami has you know this this marinade mechanism that you know shares fifty percent of protocol revenues with stakers, and therefore. 
you know, price appreciation is not a function of buy pressure any more than, you know, it's not, it's not buy pressure that pushed the price of Apple up, right? Like that's a function of, you know, ever growing cash flows from successful products. And, you know, that's how we think about, you know, the value of the token. It's a claim on something real that we're building. So we don't, we simply don't shill the token um, from a regulatory perspective. We do not market the token in the United States. We have no interest in, you know, attracting U.S. investors into the token. Um, we are, the DAO itself is a Cayman Islands regulated VASP, virtual asset services provider. Um, and, you know, it's people are free to invest in it on chain permissionlessly. But I don't foresee us ever marketing the token in the United States because, uh, first of all, you know, regulatory concerns. Secondly, um, we just we just don't need to, right? There's such a built-in, there's such a strong inbuilt value capture mechanism in the Umami token that we just expect it will, you know, appreciate pretty much linearly with scaling scaling revenues. Awesome, thank you. Hit out all. I appreciate it. Thank you. Very cool. Any other questions? More than happy to answer. Hey guys, it sounds like you're really gearing up for a lot of institutional funds uh, coming on to Umami. So my question would be, do you expect uh, GLP's revenues to scale with that? Or are you also exploring different vault uh, earning yeah. methods? Great question. Um, so, and here, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to briefly put you on mute just because the background noise but feel free to unmute if you have any any follow-ups but yeah so our internal estimates with respect to the scalability of the glp based vaults um is that we should be able to scale them to you know possibly 200 million in tvl and you know i think that that assumes some you know continued growth of glp's tvl um, along the lines that we've already been seeing um, but there is, as you said, you know, a ceiling and, you know, I, I'm not going to try and forecast, uh, where GMX is going to be in terms of usage and protocol revenue, um, in, you know, six months, for example, obviously, you know, GMX is doing extraordinarily well and, you know, all signs point towards, you know, continue successful onboarding of more users, you know, more use cases for the platform, obviously introduction of synths um, and, you know, it's X4 uh, platform are going to be, you know, very bullish for GMX. So, you know, there's plenty of things that point towards, you know, the TVL scaling beyond our estimates. But the short answer is, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. We are working on other products. Um, not, you know, our devs are completely heads down on the V2 vault right now um but just on on sort of the the strategy side and kind of identifying you know product market fit and you know thinking about kind of the the broad contours of what we want to build next and how we want to position ourselves that is you know well on its way and you know as i've shared publicly before you know we think that the opportunity here for sort of it's 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 kind of the i wouldn't say the only but it's far and away the most compelling opportunity for having very, very scalable vault products is to follow the GLP vault with a vault that sources yield from ETH2 validator nodes, right? Because I mean, that's in with ETH2 nodes, we could easily scale TVL to, you know, 
to a billion dollars, you know, if, if that is our yield source without diluting, um, you know, the, the yield for, for staked ETH. Um, so I think that, you know, our goal is to, to develop, you know, products that have that as the underlying yield source that use some of the similar strategies that you've seen with GLP to, um, you know, offer different deposit token options and, you know, different levels of kind of delta exposure. So, you know, maybe a stablecoin option along with an ETH option, just for example. Um, and, you know, with that, I think that's where our, our scalability, you know, at the level of our vault products really goes through the roof. Um, and that's, that's where we want to be because you're absolutely right. You know, my expectation is that we're not going to have an enormous amount of difficulty at all. Um, scaling to anything between 100 million and 200 million TVL. I'm not saying it'll happen overnight, but I think, you know, the market is absolutely there and, you know, the interest from institutions is, is absolutely there. Um, so then at that point, our constraint as you, as you accurately surmised will be, you know, can we follow that with products that raise the ceiling on how much TVL we can intake? Right. But then if we, if, and when, we get those ETH2 nodes launch, uh, node vaults launched, you know, which we'll say maybe H1, so the first half of 2023. Um, then, then we get to really see, you know, how much of the institutional market can we capture? Um, you know, what what is the ceiling on the demand side, right? But we're not going to find that ceiling with the GLP vaults, you know, with a 200 million TVL um, target. So hopefully that answers your question. And if you have follow-ups, um, spoils, feel free to ask. Otherwise, uh, happy to take questions from other people as well. Oh, no, that was a good answer. And just wanted to give a shout-out to the team. Um, it's a very bad bear market, and this is one of the few protocols that are weekly coming out with new content, keeping people engaged and feel good about the, the hands that we're in. Thank you. I appreciate that. I see Andy's typing something out, so I'll, I'll answer his question. I appreciate you. Too many trips for the kind words. When is Jerome Powell going to ease up on us? I wish I wish I knew. If I knew that, we wouldn't need Delta Neutral vaults, right? All right. Um, so, fellas, I think we've had a, a good uh, a good Friday AMA. We'll be back next Friday. Um, really appreciate Grumpy Prepop. You guys sharing. Your updates and uh, thank you, OX Tiger, for hopping on as well. And everyone who asked questions, have a great weekend, guys. Thanks, guys. Right, thanks. Yep, yeah, see you guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having us. Bye bye.